Today we continue our series in the book of Hebrews. The basic message of the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is better. Everything God accomplished in and through his people prior to Jesus was great. But Jesus is greater still. He is the culmination of all God's purposes. And that means that the world has passed a point of no return. In fact, we're living in a whole new world. A world over which Jesus reigns as as king. And because Jesus is the culmination of all God's purposes, then to follow him into his new world is worth whatever that costs us. We've covered a lot of ground in the first two chapters of Hebrews. We've covered the relationship between Jesus and God the Father. Jesus is the Son of God the Father. Jesus is the heir of all things. He's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. We've covered the relationship between Jesus and the angels. He is superior to the angels, both in his status and in his very being. We've covered the relationship between Jesus and the rest of mankind. He is the truest of humans. He is our representative our captain, our pioneer, our high priest. He has gone before us, passing through death to lead us into this new world. And now as we turn to chapter three, we begin covering the relationship between Jesus and Moses. So who was Moses? Most of us are probably familiar with what Moses did, but who was Moses. Who was Moses according to God? Let's turn to Numbers chapter 12. We, we just read this earlier. God says, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, Yahweh, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth clearly and not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord. All right, when, when God refers to his house, what is he referring to? It could be a reference to the tabernacle. Often it is. The tabernacle was the dwelling place of God. After all, the, the blueprints for the tabernacle were delivered to Moses on Mount Sinai. But the tabernacle was always a means to something else. God didn't care to to dwell in the tabernacle per se. The tabernacle was the means by which he could dwell with his people, that he could be among his people. And so God's house is actually God's people. We are the house of God. Paul says that we are God's building. Peter says that we are being built up as a spiritual house. And so the, the building metaphor refers to a people. It's, it's less of a house and more of a household. Moses was a faithful servant of God's household. So uh, according to God in Numbers 12, Moses was a prophet of unprecedented privilege and access. He was a faithful household servant, faithful over all God's house. God was building a household 
and Moses was tasked with managing that household, a task he performed with great faithfulness. I, I do want to be very, very clear about that. When, when the author of Hebrews compares Jesus to Moses, he is not disparaging Moses. Because Moses truly was a faithful servant. Moses truly was worthy of glory and honor. And the law of Moses was and is good, a good thing. The point is not to disparage Moses. The point is to elevate Jesus. The comparison is not bad versus good. It's good versus even better. Okay, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. So again, Moses was faithful in all God's house. That's a direct quote from Numbers chapter 12, right? And, and Jesus, it says, was similarly faithful faithful like Moses. Now, before we move on, let's, let's take note of how the author of Hebrews speaks of Jesus in verse 1. Jesus is referred to as the apostle and high priest of our confession. We already know from chapter 2 that Jesus is our high priest, but the title apostle is new. In fact, this is the only place in the entire Bible where Jesus is referred to as an apostle. The word apostle means sent one. In the ancient world, apostles were the emissaries. They were messengers from kings and governors, and, and wherever the, these apostles would go, they would carry with them the full authority of the one who sent them. And, and so Jesus is the sent one of God the Father. He represents God to us. But it also says that Jesus is our high priest. And as a priest, he represents us to God. And so the phrase apostle and high priest indicates that Jesus is the perfect bridge between God and man. As an apostle, he represents God to us. And as a priest, he represents us to God. He is the perfect mediator. He is the one holding this household together. Moses was a mere man. And so, and so he was incapable of ultimately uniting us to God. But Jesus is both human and divine. And it's through him that we are united to God. It's through him that we belong to this house, God's household. Okay, so verse 2 quotes Numbers 12 to say that Moses was faithful in all God's house, and we are told that Jesus was similarly faithful. However, verse 3, Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. So Moses was faithful as a servant, 
Whereas Jesus was faithful as the heir, the son of God. Moses served faithfully within the household, but Moses was ultimately a member of the household. The household did not belong to Moses. The household belongs to Jesus. He is the builder of it. And he is worthy of even more glory and honor. And Moses was aware of this. Even Moses knew that that something greater was on the horizon. Something greater was eventually going to come. Verse 5 says that Moses testified to the things that were to be spoken later. Long, at, long before Jesus came, Moses was looking forward to this better thing. Now, what, was he looking forward to the coming of God in the flesh? Did he expect the builder of the house himself to come into the world? I don't know. But he was looking forward to something better, something greater. And that actually matters a lot. For the original audience of the book of Hebrews, that actually matters a great deal. Remember that the book of Hebrews was, writ- was written to Jewish Christians who were in danger of reverting back to pre-Jesus customs and beliefs. Their Jewish heritage made it clear that God had delivered his law through Moses and that that law was absolute and that that law was binding on God's people for all time. And so for anyone clinging to the Judaism of the past, that the most that you could say about Jesus is that he had come to offer some new insights on what it meant to follow the law of Moses, to keep the law of Moses. And that would mean, ultimately, that Jesus was a servant of Moses, Perhaps they were both playing on the same team, but but Jesus was the rookie and Moses was the team captain. But the author of Hebrews is saying the opposite. Moses was great and the law was great, but Jesus is the team captain. Even back when Moses was managing the household, Moses was ultimately in submission to Jesus. The true builder was Jesus all along. And so we're not talking about two different houses. We're talking about a single house. Therefore, says the author of Hebrews, you don't actually have to compromise your Judaism because following Jesus is now true Judaism. We're talking about a a single house. If you'll recall from from last week, as as members of this house, as members of God's house, we are children of royalty. We belong to a royal family. It's a family that, that was fallen and disgraced, but it has now been restored to its former glory. We are destined for dominion. Verse six says, we are God's house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. So we are are children of royalty if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. We are destined for dominion if indeed 
We hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. The people who make up God's house are, are described here as a bold and confident family. Like true children of royalty, we know who we are. We're not prideful or arrogant because we've done nothing to earn our royal status. But we are confident. We, we know the truth of the gospel. We know who we were created to be. We know who we are now because of Jesus. But there is, there is a conditional statement there. We are God's house if indeed we hold fast. We are children of royalty, but we could, of course, like Harry and Meghan, leave the family and renounce our royal heritage. But how foolish would that be? How foolish would that be? We are set to inherit the kingdom. We will one day inherit the kingdom. How foolish would it be to leave that family? And so we hold fast. But I'd, I'd rather not close on that note. I don't want to close on a conditional statement, if indeed, because I, I, don't, think that's, I don't think that's the primary point of these verses. Look again at verse 1. I'm going to simplify the verse a bit for the sake of clarity. It says, Holy brothers, or holy family, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, who was faithful, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. We are addressed, in verse 1, we are addressed, all of us, as holy family, you who share in a heavenly calling. Or another translation, holy family, partakers of a heavenly calling. This heavenly calling is not a calling to heaven, to go to heaven. This, this is a calling from heaven. And what is it? What, what is our heavenly calling? In context here, it's the same calling as Moses. It's the same calling as Jesus. We are called to serve God's house like Moses. We are called to build up God's house like Jesus. We are household servants. We are apostles, emissaries, messengers, sent ones. We are priests. We are ministers in the holy places. Our calling, our calling could not be any higher. Do you, do you see that? Do you appreciate that at all? Your calling could not be any higher. There is no higher calling than a heavenly one. To serve the church like Moses and, and to build up the church like Jesus is, is the highest privilege afforded to human beings. And we are all partakers of it. Listen, I, I, I realize that the church may not always look like 
the royal and glorious house of God. We may be underwhelmed by this house. We may be disappointed a bit by this house. We, we may even be hurt by this house. We may expect the house of God to look a bit more glorious. But if the house of God is less glorious than it should be, let's be honest, that's largely on us. Our heavenly calling is to be faithful in all God's house. So if the house of God is less than it should be, then that means we need to grow in our faithfulness. We have work to do. Not just the pastors. We are all partakers of this heavenly calling. That's, that's quite the responsibility, but it's also quite a joy. It's also quite a privilege. What a joy and a privilege it is to serve and to build up and, and simply to belong to the house of God. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, you have called us from heaven to serve as apostles and priests and household servants. And, and we confess, we, we need your help to fulfill this heavenly calling with all faithfulness. Jesus, we glorify you as the true heir and the true builder of this house. And we, we thank you for leading the way in faithfulness. Holy Spirit, help us to help us to hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. And teach us, teach teach each of us with each of our various giftings what it looks like to serve, what it looks like to build up the house of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.